Blog Talk Radio. Thank you for joining us at Nikki Dare Radio on Blog Talk Radio, heard worldwide by millions of listeners with your lovely host, Ms. Nikki Dare. Our podcast hosted by Nikki Dare is your home for education to safety and survival, leadership and inspiration. Nikki Dare is the founder of iDare Inc., a registered 501c3 with its mission to educate and mobilize resources for preparedness and sustainability. iDare is a grassroots credo and personal mission based on its pillars of excellence, integrity, diversity, adaptation, resilience, and empowerment. Ms. Dare's personal mission is to help you encounter your purpose by unlocking your inherent potential and finding joy in the journey. Nikki Dare is the published author of The Audacity of Veracity, a columnist, women in the field of Western Outdoor News, California's publication of Fishing and Hunting. Ms. Dare is a certified firearms instructor in rifle, shotgun, and handgun, RSO, range safety officer, and CERT, Community Emergency Response Training Member, a FEMA certified training, women's advocate, transformational mentor, and a seasoned BPR change management consultant since her early 20s in transforming companies. And decades later, she is reinventing her purpose. Nikki Dare's life has been spent passionately in helping others going through transformation, both personal and professional. And now, here's your lovely host, Ms. Nikki Dare. All right, good morning, Southern California. Good morning, Slamat Bagi, Buenos Dias, and good morning. I should say that properly now. Glad you can join me again. I am Nikki Dare, your host. The world has becoming ever violent. I'd like to continue discussing this, this very topic. Disaster does not recognize who or what you are. Disaster does not recognize your social status, financial status, gender, ethnicity, or even your age. Disaster comes in many different types as we all know it. They come in different forms. They come in weather-related or man-made terrorism. Unfortunately, we live in a world of violent and more ever increasing as we hear and see it in our daily news. Uh, it is a mere fact that in past several years, the U.S., or I am also including the worldwide now, has, has ever and is still experiencing a record number of disasters and emergencies, whether it is natural disasters, weather-related, or man-made threats. And this unfortunate trend ever continues. There are disasters and emergencies that can be avoided uh, if, which, if we can take precautions. We can reduce the risk of impacts. Uh, however, there are those who cannot, uh, we cannot, as to say, uh, the unexpected mother na- nature wrath. We need to stay vigilant. We just need to learn how to be safe and we need to learn how, how to protect ourselves. We need to learn to know how to take care of ourselves when disaster strikes, when you least expect it. So, with me here this morning, I guess for him, is in the middle of the night on the other side of the globe, is a returning guest. Uh, I'm very humbled to have him back here, a young man who has such impressive portfolio from being a, uh, from being a veteran for a Marine Corps stuntman in Hollywood, a published author, 
to owning his own international security company called Demos Security, based out of Bangkok, Thailand. Mr. David Gray. Hey, good morning. <laughs> he started his combative arts and firearms training at a very young age, and in 1992 started to work in the security industry at 18 years of age as an armed security officer in a very high crime area in Texas. Yay, my hometown. In 1995, just before his 21st birthday, Mr. Gray joined the U.S. Marines as an infantryman. He qualified as an expert marksman with every weapon he was issued. In 1996, Mr. Gray joined an elite Marine reconnaissance unit that specialized in counter-drug and counter-terrorism activities. His shooting skills and ability to learn tactics quickly helped him to eventually become his unit's primary marksmanship instructor. Soon he found himself traveling the world, lucky you, and engaging in counter-drug, counter-terror, and combat operations, as well as training allied military forces in marksmanship weapons handling, and tactics. Unfortunately, after being shot twice and receiving multiple other injuries, Mr. Gray left the military in 2001 for the civilian world and became a firearms instructor at a school called Frontside Firearms Training out in the Nevada desert. During his time in Nevada, Mr. Gray began working as a close protection specialist and firearms consultant and military advisor for the film industry, which he did until 2009. I think that's where we, we, we would see you on the screen, right? <laughs> Some of those great movies. So from 2009 to 2011, for a few years, Mr. Gray worked as a protective security detail leader in Afghanistan. So he was back out there and trained military and security personnel in marksmanship and combat-related firearms tactics. He carried a firearm for living over, over for over 23 years and has 20 years of high-level military combat arts and firearms training with real-world combat experiences to offer to his clients and students. I think it is safe to say for me that I am very well armed with the right person discussing all kinds of firearms tactics this morning in combative self-defense security, shall we say that? Hey, thanks for coming out here this morning. I'd love to interview you face-to-face, as you already know, though, right? But this saves a lot of money doing, the, doing this for both of us. Good morning, David. How are you? Good morning, good morning. More than happy to save all the, uh, the air, tra- air ticket expenses as well. <laughs> right, yeah, likewise. So, hey, you know, tell us how to say good morning or good, mo- uh, good night, I guess, in your case, uh, in Thai. How do you say that? Uh, Spadi Tao. Spadi Tao. Wow. Okay, well, Spadi Tao to you. I'm pretty sure. What time is it over there? It's, uh, it's almost 11.30 p.m. Right, right now in Southern California, Pacific Time Center, it's 9.34 a.m. It's, you know, we're, we have quite a few, uh, few hours uh, different here. So here we are, um, you know, I welcome you back again to discussing this very important life savings, you know, conversations, life savings discussion here to the folks out there that I know this is a very hot topic. I know this is a very, um, you know, uh, uh, sensitive topic as well, um, you know, uh, Equally, but in the wake of Manchester terror, all and all the other ones around the world, we we do need to continue this discussion around you know being aware of our surrounding, um, you know situational awareness. I know that's a little small um, uh, slice of of what how to protect ourselves, how to be more vigilant, how to but it doesn't save us in the um, in the imminent you know in a situation like this one, you know terror uh, attacks and everything. 
tell us, um, you know, share with us what are the reactions of people, folks out there, especially out in Southeast Asia, you know, where you are, when they're watching this kind of thing and they're, they're you know, they're watching the star attacks and they say, oh, maybe this could happen at any time in our hometown. Actually, the same, the same time that they had the Manchester attacks, we had two, uh, two separate bombing incidents uh, in Bangkok. Uh, one in a hospital and one at a school, and both of them were much smaller, but uh, there were still several injuries. There were no fatalities, but there were still several injuries, and um, it was again, you know, Muslim extremists going after a soft target, and so uh, the government here reacted um, and publicly stated that. They said, wow, we're surprised that these guys went after uh, a school uh, and a hospital. <laughs> okay. Because, because it has no military strategic importance. And there are no barriers. There are no security barriers there. Strategic yeah. importance. Right, right, right. But it's yeah. also a super soft target that has uh, a very significant impact on the psyche of the people in the community, and that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to affect the psyche of the, of the people in the community. Oh, well, let's so, look at it this way, you know. Uh, let me reject you. Let's look at it this way from the uh, point of view of, you know, uh, the soft targets uh, element, you know, or the people, the, the, the mass, the major, uh, the majority people that said, oh, everything's going to be okay, everything's going to be okay because, you know, the government, I'm sorry, you know, the other people say it's okay. So... And then the other side of okay, so we can attack the soft targets because they are soft targets. They're 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 you know they're not going to be protected. They you know tell us about that. I mean, especially right. in in Bangkok, for example. Especially the people tell us because I I don't know the climate over there. Well, here here the, there's very few armed security, mm-hmm. in as far as security guards go in in public places, so like shopping malls and and banks. Uh, and and hospitals and schools they're they're unarmed they're mm-hmm. unarmed security they don't have an armed response they're on site all the time so they have to call and wait for the police just like everyone else would and and in Thailand the police are definitely not known for being uh, quick so uh, their reaction the, the public's reaction is oh well maybe we need to figure out a better way to do security for the hospitals and a better way to do security for schools other than just having the the security guards that we have there now because the security guards that they have there now are just watching out for people snatching purses off of shoulders or pickpockets or people stealing stuff right they're not they're not there looking for terrorists uh, right you know, they're, they're there to keep homeless people from sleeping in those places. So we're talking about the soft targets also, meaning that, you know, they go after the masses. They go after quantity rather than just, you know, the homeless person, one individual or a couple individuals. So they are smart in strategic way of attacking the masses. Um, go ahead. Right. And, and, and they're not, and it's not just about how many bodies that they can that they can injure or kill on that one site. They're looking for 
the fallout of it. They're looking for the fear factor. So they want to not just paralyze the community physically, like now you're scared to go to the hospital, now you're scared to go to a concert, now you're scared to go to your kid's school um, because there might be a bomb there. No, now you're scared to go anywhere that would be a peaceful group gathering in the first place. Mm -hmm. so the grocery store, shopping mall. Down south in Thailand, they're, 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 they bombed a big sea shopping center with a huge, huge bomb um, that thankfully didn't, didn't kill anyone but injured 20-something um, people. Mm -hmm. um, and it was pure luck that it didn't kill anyone. Everyone had just, he, he just set it down outside and walked away. And then it, when it detonated, it was heard for, for miles. Um, and it blew straight up in the air instead of being placed underneath something that created more shrapnel. So just by luck, he, he didn't kill anyone. But that's the goal is to scare you now. You can't go shopping. You can't go to the hospital. You can't go uh, to an amusement park. You can't get on public transportation because you don't know what's going to happen. And that's what they're trying to do. Yeah. And and the same thing with with Manchester. That guy waited until people were coming out. Okay, they felt safe. They went in, they saw the show, everything was safe, everything was good, they felt safe. Now they're coming out. Mm -hmm. And he knows he's gonna have a mass of people flooding out, coming out the door, and he's that's when he's gonna detonate. That's just so sick, you know that. It's so sick because the ages of this uh, participant attendance um, are, are young, young kids, young children, you know, to watching this um, concert. It's just so sick in my stomach when I think about it, when I see all of this. Now, as a security um, uh, expert, you know, you run your own security, international security company. Um, when you see the video, uh, I'm sure you have with your staff, uh, how do you analyze that? You know, how do you analyze the panic when people, uh, the kids were storming out out of that, out of panic mode, um, you know, I'm well, pretty we sure... Did, we did look at it. We right. did look at the Manchester Manchester uh, videos that were shot inside. And and what we saw was uh, a few things. You, you have the people who panic and they run, and they run over anyone they can to get out, and they actually cause more injuries right. and hurt people more. Right. Then, then uh, and they're screaming and they're yelling and they're adding to the confusion factor of the whole thing. And and those people are in complete panic mode. This means when you start screaming and yelling and just running and running around like a chicken with your head cut off, it means your brain does not have a program to follow for what's happening. Precisely. And you're you were in a in a complete panic mode. Then you have some people who are still trying to assess and figure out what's going on. And so they're there's you see them standing there and they're kind of looking around, okay, where am I? What's going on? Where's the danger? Which direction do I need to go? Right? And sometimes that can take them a few seconds to figure it out because mm -hmm. their brain, again, doesn't have a program, doesn't mm -hmm. understand what to do. And then you have the people who are amused and right. now feel that they are not in danger. They're not, right. Delusional. How do you say that? Delusional. Yeah, delusional. Yeah. Delusional, so yeah. They've got their phone up, and they're videoing, and they're taking <laughs> selfies, and they're like, I was here in Manchester when it got blown up. This is... It's this absurd, is, you guys. 
Yeah, it's a third. And then, then what you see is you see someone who's had some traumatic experiences before in their life or has had some training, and they have a baseline program of what they need to do. And so that you see this huge crowd running out. Then you see that person going out the exit that no one else is using. Right. Right, and they, they, those are the ones that have taken the simulation, the the, the you know the training extensively. What if this happened? You you're absolutely right. We have all kinds of people uh, when it the event of, of disasters like this, the event of emergencies like this, take action. And I, go ahead, I, I I'm just amused with that. And you see some that go directly for the nearest security guy, or they go for the the police. Right? They go. They they see them and they go to them. Where do we go? What do we do? Asking for directions. Asking for directions. For clueless, yeah. And, yeah, um, and you'll see you'll see from the video that the people who panicked and ran, they still ran in the same direction of the explosion. They all went out the same door. They follow each other. They follow each other as a herd, as a as a pack, and right. and that's just. It, it, it is a herd mentality. It's and, very painful uh, to watch it, though, David. I, it's very painful to watch as people when they do not know what to do in the event of disaster. And that is why we're discussing this. That is why we need to discuss this more, you know, how to and learn how to, how to utilize uh, the skills and the knowledge and, you know, help each other. I think it is time for us to open up. Um, you as the, the, the expert for companies like you, for example, to step up and then, you know, let us know how to do this properly. You know, let us show us, you know, in the event of this, um, uh, you know, what to do in the, in the panic mode like this because that is not right. One of the things that we do when we, we, get, we get contacted by people who are building, uh, they're building venues or events um, and they want to know, um, how to do it safely and plan their exit strategies and right. things like that. Right, I think that's smart. Or, yeah, in a smart way, more for crowd control usually than, than for panic control. Right, uh, I but, think so, yeah. But a lot of times uh, I work that in anyway. And mm -hmm. so uh, what we look at is we look at crowd flow. Okay, where do they come in at, into the event and where are your exits? They don't have to be the same place. Uh, where are your toilets at? How far is it for someone to walk from the from the toilet to the first aid station to the exit? How long will it take someone to traverse that distance? And where are the other exits that we can open up in the event of an emergency? Mm -hmm. And how can we get out the, let's say if we're doing a concert event, how can we get the talent out safely without having to rush them out the same exit as all of the all of the guests, which is the Manchester concert, was around 21,000 guests, um, and or the venue could hold 21,000 guests, which is a number that we normally deal with here when we do events here. We we do concerts with uh, 18 to 22,000 guests, and we have to think about how to move people out of that in case of an emergency. What happens if the, just by chance the fire suppression system goes off in the building? Right. You've got to get everybody out of there safely. Right. And so you have to have, you know, security opened up near, uh, able to open up exits near those people that with flashlights and, you know, the ability to direct them 
either through the PA system or through uh, bullhorns to towards the exits because they're going to go the way they came in 90% of the time because that's the program you've already put into their in brain. In your brain, right. right. We go out that way. That, that's right. Safe. Right. In my, um, uh, when we do disaster preparedness, I and mean, this is just an application, it's a totally common sense, you know, I mean, you agree on me on this one, that we always ask them, you know, have uh, your evacuation routes, you know, we all are like robots every morning, Monday through Friday, we go to work, same route, same, same, you know, freeway, same everything. But what if, what if there is an emergency? Do you have your evacuation? Do you have an exit plan? Do you have an evacuation route, other alternative route than your normal everyday um, routes? You know, that's a question that I always ask the people. Do you have that? Because in this town, my town here, there's only one major freeway. If that is not available during the emergency, mostly are, isn't, you know, has not been, what, what are your plans? What are your emergency evacuation plans in this? You know, how do you get out, out of that emergency situation? You have to think about well, that. For me, if I would have been at the Manchester event, I'll use uh, my own personal experiences as a, as a concert attendee um, as an example. I took my my daughter to see uh, One Direction, right? And there were 30,000 people in attendance in the, in the venue. And we had seats, uh, not seats, we had standing space down in front of the stage, uh, very close to the front of the stage. And when I walked in, the first thing I did was I said, okay, once we got into our position and we got our little spot staked out, I said, where are the exits? Where's security? What's security doing? Do they look like they have a brain or are they booger eaters? <laughs> and, then, and then I said, okay, here are my exits. We can go this way. We can go that way. If I need to, I can go up on the stage to get out. Um, and there's security there. There's another exit over there. Okay. So I had a little, I had a plan. And if things had gone bad, you wait. You let the crowd do what the crowd's going to do. You take that few seconds, 5, 10, 15, 20 seconds, to see which direction the crowd's going to go. And you don't get trampled. Your goal at that point is just to not get stampeded to death. Mm -hmm. So you give it a few seconds, you look around, you see where the flow of traffic is going. And you watch security. You watch where, what exits you've already staked out that you know that you can take and you head that direction. A lot of times it's gonna be the opposite direction of the mass. And you'll be able to get out without injury to yourself and without getting jammed up with everyone else. And forget your car. Don't go out and go directly to your car. Mm -hmm. if, if you're behind the masses, if you were like me, you're in the middle of the, middle of the event and there's gonna be 15,000 people in the parking lot, uh, don't go directly to your car because everybody's going to be in a parking lot and it's going to be completely packed. You can get on your phone uh, and try to call whoever else you came with if you've gotten lost from them, but you need to find another another place to meet, another meeting point that's two, three, four blocks away from from that event. You need to get out and get walking away in, in the direction of the least amount of resistance. Uh 
I think, yeah, I think I want to interject a little bit about the meeting point. Uh, we also say that in, in the event of disasters, you know, you've got to have to talk about this with your family members. I'm talking about the weather-related, right, um, earthquake or whatever. I mean, it applies so, um, somewhat with this kind of situation. So obviously you've got to have to, 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 to have that meeting point and agree on the meeting point, a couple of meeting points, in fact, not just one, but two, what if, right? It's not available, That the first one, the second one could be available. But um, that, that you agree on before you even go into, um, you know, attend this big public concert, public uh, events, you know, especially with the 15, 20, 30,000 people in it. I think that's a smart thing to do, um, you know. And, and what, what I did with my daughter without even realizing it is I told her, and like, when we went to get out of the car, I said, if, if, uh, if, if I can't find you, Meet me back here at the car if we get, and then as we're walking into the venue, once we got past security and past all of the, the ID checks and tickets and everything, I said, if we get separated inside, meet me at this toilet on the sixth floor. Remember this? Take a photo of it. It was the uh, toilet 6B or something like that. Right. And right. Smart. Oh, and I said, meet me here at this toilet. If, if I have to go somewhere else, I will call you. And that's that's kind of our that was kind of our plan, but it was just something that I did with her uh, without even thinking about it. Maybe because of my my training, but she was like, "Yeah, okay, Dad," you know. But she had the photo in her phone, and she had been told, so she had an idea. And. Uh, Tune in to the next series of next time. Thank you for listening. You have been listening to Nikki Dares Radio, a podcast of sustainability with your host, Ms. Nikki Dare. To learn more, please visit Ms. Dare's website, education.nikkidare.com. Workshops on safety preparedness, situational awareness are available. Also available, the Transformational Coaching Series. For corporate and private group pricing, please contact us. She also offers both private and group classes in firearms training, handgun, rifles, and shotgun for individuals and families and home invasion scenarios. For details on Nikki Dare's outdoor hiking, yoga, and her other outdoor activities, and her passion for fitness and upcoming classes, please visit her website, NikkiDare.com. Join the community conversation to network and learn on different outdoor fun on her website, NikkiDare.com slash freeforum. Follow her on LinkedIn and her social media, Twitter, Instagram, Google+, Pinterest, and Facebook. Or simply watch her tutorial videos, you can subscribe to her YouTube channel, Nikki Dare. All about her books and inspirational quotes can be found on her website, books.nikkidare.com. Check out her newest website, travel.nikkidare.com, for all travel resources, savings, and tips. Her calendars, both of living in purpose and passion, as well as her exclusive edition of Firearm Safety, are available for order on her website, NikkiDare.com. 
All of her broadcasts are available for free download on iTunes podcast, Nikki Dare. For more details on opportunities for sponsorships and speaking engagement, please email us at education at NikkiDare.com. Join her next time, Living in Purpose and Passion. Our mission is to live a sustainable life with your host, Nikki Dare.